Welcome to the Theory to Action podcast, where we examine the timeless treasures of wisdom from the great books in less time to help you take action immediately and ultimately to create and lead a flourishing life. Now, here's your host, David Kaiser. Hello, I am David, and welcome back to this Theory to Action podcast. And happy Easter. I hope you are having a blessed day this morning. And today is a special segment for the Catholic Corner because, as we've just said, it's Easter Sunday. And to celebrate this highest of holy days in the Christian faith, we're going to pull a great biography from the God-Made Man about the God-Made Man, Life of Christ by Fulton J. Sheen, from our virtual bookshelves to provide some context and inspiration for us today. Now, you might remember we chatted about Fulton Sheen's Life of Christ at Christmas time and shared some great nuggets of wisdom there. So be sure to check out Catholic Corner number three for some of those spiritual nuggets. But in today's Catholic Corner, we're going to focus on the resurrection of Christ, namely his fingers, hands, and nails. And this is actually a specific chapter from Sheen's book, chapter 56. And so with that, let's go to the book. The first appearance of our Lord in the upper room was only to ten of the apostles. Thomas was not present. He was not with the apostles, but the gospel assumes that he should have been with them. The reason of his absence is unknown, but likely it was because of his unbelief. In three different passages of the gospel, Thomas is always portrayed as looking on the darker side of things as regards both the present and the future. When the news came to our Lord about the death of Lazarus, Thomas wanted to go and die with him. Later on, when our blessed Lord said that he would return again to the Father and prepare a place for his apostles, Thomas's doleful answer was that he knew not where the Lord was going, nor did he himself know the way. Immediately after the other apostles became convinced of the resurrection and the glory of our divine Savior, they brought to Thomas the tidings of the resurrection. Thomas did not say he refused to believe, but that he was unable to believe until he had some experimental proof of the resurrection. In spite of their testimony that they had seen the risen Lord, he enumerated the conditions of his belief. Unless I see the mark of the nails of his hands, unless I put my finger into the place where the nails were, and my hands into his side, I will not believe it. That comes to us from John twenty, twenty-five. Now I will say... For many Christians and Catholics, these words from Thomas the Apostle seem harsh. His refusal to trust his other companions seems as if he never had the faith to begin with. Unless I see the mark of the nails on his hands, unless I put my finger into the place where the nails were, and my hands into a side, I will not believe it. Thomas was skeptical, he was gloomy, and perhaps that was his state of uh, his personality. Maybe that was just his disposition. 
And there are many people like that in today's world. We can certainly relate to that, perhaps. Uh, You are of the same mindset, disposition, or you have that personality trait. Maybe you're somewhat self-aware of that. And often we say to ourselves in a business meeting or in a relationship where trust can be somewhat in doubt, we have those lingering thoughts in our mind. Prove to me what is going to happen or show me where and how this is going to come to be. Now, an often missed nugget of spiritual wisdom was that for Thomas, despite his skepticism and his doubt, he in fact was there on the eighth day, the Lord's day. Sunday was the beginning to be the Lord's day, as as Martin, as uh, Fulton Sheens points out. And even though Thomas was doubtful of what his fellow apostles were saying about the resurrection, he did take action and he had the faith more so to at least show up in the upper room with the other apostles. So let's give credit where credit is due, or perhaps God's grace moved him to take the action, but still Thomas had to cooperate with our Lord's grace. So I've always thought that that's a great spiritual nugget, that even though Thomas was doubting, he still kept showing up. He still took action, whether that was in prayer that we don't know about, whether that was just a movement of his soul by faith and God's grace or a combination all therein, it'll always be a mystery from here on out. But I thought that was a great spiritual nugget to pick up on. Despite his skepticism and doubt, Thomas showed up on the eighth day. Now let's go back to the book and pick it up there. Sunday was beginning to be the Lord's day, for after eight days the apostles were again assembled in the upper room, and Thomas was with them. The doors still being closed, the risen Savior stood in the midst of them, and for the third time gave the salutation, Peace be with you, John twenty nineteen. Immediately upon speaking of peace, our divine Savior treated the subject on which peace rested, namely his death and resurrection. This was not the slightest, there was not the slightest trace of fault finding in our Lord, as there would not be the slightest trace of fault finding with Peter at a later appearance by the Sea of Galilee. Thomas had asked for a proof based on the senses or the faculties that belong to the animal kingdom, and a proof of the senses would be given him. Our Lord spoke to Thomas Reach your finger here, see my hands, reach your hand here and put it into my side. Be unbelieving no longer, but believe. John twenty twenty seven. He had once said that a sinful and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and no sign would be given them other than the sign of Jonas the prophet. This was precisely the sign that was given to Thomas. The Lord knew of the skeptical words that Thomas had previously spoken to his fellow apostles, another proof of his omnipotence. The wound in his side, he must have, must have been very large, 
since he asked Thomas to put his hand into it. Also, the wounds on his hands must have been large, as Thomas was bidden to substitute a finger for a nail. Thomas's doubts lingered longer than those of the others, and his extraordinary skepticism is an added proof of the reality of the resurrection. There was every reason to suppose that Thomas did as he was invited to do, just as there was every reason to suppose that the ten apostles had done precisely the same on the first Easter evening. The rebuking words of our Lord to Thomas, to be doubting no longer, also attained an exhortation to believe and to shake off his gloom, which was his besetting sin. Thomas was not, or Paul was not disobedient to the heavenly vision, neither was Thomas. The doubter was so convinced by positive proof that he became a worshiper. Throwing himself on his knees, he said to the risen Savior, My Lord and my God. John twenty twenty eight. What a beautiful testimony. My Lord and my God. What a great reaction of words from Thomas. These words gather up all of the doubts coming from Thomas, and in fact, all the doubts coming down through the generations that Christ himself would see. All those who doubted at one time but came to believe that Jesus Christ was the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity. And now here's an interesting statement and observation. And frankly, this is why Fulton Sheen is so good or was so good. So please note this little spiritual nugget. Let's pick it up back in the book. Quote, He who was the last to believe was the first to make the full confession of the divinity of the risen Lord. But since it came from evidence of flesh and blood, it was not followed by a blessing which was conferred on Peter when he acknowledged that he was the son of the living God. However, the risen Savior said to Thomas, Because you have seen me, you have found faith. Happy are they who never saw me and yet have found faith. John twenty twenty nine. There are some who will not believe even when they see such as Pharaoh. Others believe only when they see. Above both these types, the Lord God placed those who had not seen and yet believed. Noah had been warned by God of the things that had not yet come to pass. He believed as he prepared his ark. Abraham went out of his own home, not knowing whither he went, but still trusting in the, in the God whom promised that he would be the father of a progeny more numerous than the sands of the seas. If Thomas had believed through the testimony of his fellow disciples, his faith in Christ would have been greater. For Thomas had often heard his Lord say that he would be crucified and rise again. He also knew from the scriptures that the crucifixion was the fulfillment of a prophecy, but he wanted the additional testimony of the senses. What good stuff is there? Fulton Sheen 
being able to go back through and point out Pharaoh and Abraham and Noah. Just great commentary there in between the gospel lines. So I would highly recommend this book for any type of spiritual reading. It's one of the best biographies, if I can say that word. It's one of the best biographies of Jesus Christ that I've ever read. Obviously outside of the Gospels, of course, but Fulton Sheen picks up so many of those little nuggets that you can meditate on a while while you're in prayer. And let's close out one final selection from the book that I wanted to share with you. Quote, the apostles were happy men, not just because they had seen our Lord and believed. They were far happier when they had fully understood the mystery of redemption and so lived in it, and even had their throats cut for the reality of the resurrection. Some gratitude must always, however, be credited to Thomas, who touched Christ as a man, but believed in him as a God. Yes, he did come to believe in him as a God. After all, at the conclusion of that same apostle's life, Thomas's life, tradition helps us to know he traveled to India, observing Christ's commandment to go out and preach to all nations, and he founded the early church in India, and ultimately he would be killed for his faith. Again, tradition tells us he was killed by a spear in 720 AD in southern India. And so in today's Catholic Corner segment, may we have the courage to face our doubts just like Doubting Thomas did, and may we also have the grace from God to believe as Christ said, Happy are those who never saw me, yet have found faith. May our faith continue to remain strong, and I hope and pray you have a blessed and joyous Easter with those that you love. He is truly risen today. Alleluia. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this Theory to Action podcast. Be sure to check out our show page at teammojoacademy.com where we have everything we discussed in this podcast as well as other great resources. Until next time, keep getting your mojo on. Are you a voracious reader who yearns for a deeper understanding of your favorite books? Or perhaps you're a busy professional seeking to enrich your knowledge, but short on time. The Mojo Academy 2.0 is your perfect solution. Our revamped service now includes beautifully designed monthly written reviews and PDF format to accompany our popular audio reviews. These aren't just summaries. These are comprehensive and insightful explorations of each book packed with the actual quotes from the book to enhance your understanding. With usually 69 pages per review, they are perfect reference tools to take your learning to the next level. Get your free Mojo Academy review in written format at teammojoacademy.com or click on today's show notes for that free link. Again, teammojoacademy.com or click 
on today's show notes, and you will see the link for the free written review. Get yours today.